Welcome to the podcast for Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and tune in. Make sure to join us each Sunday at 9 on Facebook Live. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. in English and 11.45 in Spanish. Also, Celebrate Recovery meets each Monday night at 6.30. Who's the uh, worst gift giver in your life? (laughs) Don't look around. This would be a bad time to make eye contact with whoever you rode with today. But come on, come on, come on. We've all got at least one in our lives, right? You've got some good gift givers, too. We'll give them some some applause later, but, but come on, you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, maybe, maybe for you, it was growing up every year, and it was grandma, and grandma was great, but grandma could not get the message that you would rather have money than socks or pajamas or whatever else she decided that you really needed, right? You just, come on, grandma, I just want money, right? I just want money. I don't want you to pick out my clothes for me. I want to pick them out myself. Or, or come on, you know, you know Christmas is coming, and that fruitcake is coming in the mail, and as it arrives at your doorstep, you just go, oh. right, right? Come on, come on, you know what I'm talking about. You're very, you're very kind people, I know, but, but everyone has someone like that in your life. Or some gifts, come on, some gifts are just weird, right? Have you ever gotten a gift that was just weird? <laughs> You're like, I don't know if it's good or bad. This is just weird. So I was thinking, uh, you can thank me later. Uh, I, I know some of you are already getting your gifts for Christmas and all that together. And so I was looking up, uh, Amazon already released its list of kind of weirdest gifts for this year. So I was like, man, this is, this is weird. So I'm going to share three of them and get ready. This is weird, okay? But, but uh, some of you, maybe this is so weird, you'll think it's great. I've got a couple pictures here. Uh, picture number one, uh, this was at one of the top of the list. So this is a cat brush, uh, except it's, it's a uh, cat brush that, this is the description. It's a novel and fun way to bond with your cat licking your cat like a mama cat to comfort her. So, so you literally hold the brush in your teeth and you can like imitate. A, it's okay, you can turn to your neighbor and be like, that's really weird. It comes in two different colors in case you're interested. Lots of reviews. It is on Amazon Prime. So if you order it today, it'll come in two days. Good for you. Uh, number two, I told you, these are weird. All right, number two, uh, maybe a little less weird. Maybe some people think this is uh, really creative. These are called Mberry, Mberry. Uh, fruit tablets. Uh, I'm just going to read you the description because I had no idea what these were. The new indulgence is practically magic. Turn sour food sweet by inhibiting your taste receptors. Truly transform foods you never thought could be so sweet and delicious. And I read some of the reviews. One mom is like, I love these. Now my kids will eat vegetables. You're just pumping them full of whatever tablets these are. Comes uh, also thousands of reviews available for you on Amazon. Uh, For those of you with picky kids, maybe. Maybe this is the gift that you're needing. All right, one more, one more. I don't know if this is ingenious or just stupid, okay? So uh, maybe you work in an office setting where, where you have kind of a community refrigerator and your lunch, your sandwich always gets stolen. For that, I give you item three on our weird list. These are called fake mold sandwich bags, okay? This is the description. Prevent, prevent lunch theft. Stop. Those sneaky lunch thieves in their tracks with a gross-looking lunch bag that's secretly a food-safe sheath for your tasty meal comes in a pack 
of 40. Look at that. You know, some of you, it's like, that's the gift I didn't know I needed, but maybe you do. Actually, I worry that more would get thrown out than, anyway, uh, that's, that's beyond the point. So today, we're, we're actually not talking about bad gifts, and we're not, we're not really talking about weird gifts. Today, James 1, you're not surprised we're in James today. James 1 is about good gifts, good gifts. I gave you those incredibly weird examples because James 1 is actually going to talk today about good gifts and really the the best gift, the best gift. In our journey uh, through James 1, we've spoken uh, a lot about trials, about how these early believers, that's who James was writing to, these, these believers in Christ that, that have witnessed the death and resurrection of Jesus, and, and because of that, now they're being scattered throughout the region. They're being persecuted. They're, they're, they're being dragged out of their homes. Some of them are fleeing for their lives, and he's writing to them in the midst of their trial and out of that, out of that writing, out of that experience, we are gaining today in 2021 perspective on the trials that we're facing today. So we've spoken a lot. We've spoken a lot about our response in the trial. So far in James 1, that's really where we've been. If you haven't been with us, uh, I hope you can go online and catch up. It's been a great journey. But we've been talking about our response in the trial. But today we're going to shift our perspective. Today we're going to understand more clearly who God is in the midst of our trial. Isn't it true, isn't it true that, that the people in your life that you're closest with, the people in your life that, that you have more, the most intimate relationship with, uh, that intimacy didn't always come through the fun and easy moments. There, there was that, there was that. Remember that time and we laughed and we had a great, but, but oftentimes the, the most intimate relationships we have can come through challenging, difficult times, persevering together and through that there's growth. And so today, James 1 is going to lead us to a place of understanding who God is. And honestly, honestly, we have two choices in the midst of our trials. Today, if you are in the midst of a storm, you really have two choices. You can get closer to God or you can move farther away from him. So today, church family, let's, let's move in closer. Let's move in closer. Would you stand today? We're going to read the word together, and I'm going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. Where are we? We're in James 1. Uh, you knew that already, probably, but we're going to read just a few verses together, and I'm actually going to rewind a little bit. Pastor Chris did a great job last week uh, sharing with us about perseverance, but I'm going to pick up uh, the, kind of the end of where he read last week and, and dive in. Verses 17 and 18 is the main event for us today, but we're going to start at verse 13 and work our way up. This is, this is the word of the Lord for us today. Uh, it says this, when tempted, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. This is important. God is not a God of temptation. He's not. He's not a God of confusion. When doubt creeps in, we've talked about that in James 1, doubts will come. And when it creeps in and tries to divide our loyalty, James is saying, remember that God is not the tempter. When we're in a pit, when we're surrounded by the trial, our temptation is to believe our temptation is to believe what? That, that God, if he's not saving us in the moment, then he must be hurting us. But James is saying, remember, verse 13, God is not the tempter. Let's keep reading verse 14. But each person is tempted. Each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire, Pastor Chris talked about this last week, desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to to death. Don't be deceived, 
my dear brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived by what? By mistrusting who God is. That's what we're going to talk about today. Don't be deceived in the midst of your trial. Don't, don't be confused and start thinking incorrectly about who God is in the midst of your trial. And, and James has told us so far who God is not. He's not the God of confusion. He's not the God of temptation. And now, and now, where we get to today, 17 and 18, he's going to clearly tell us who God is. Are you ready? Here it is. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. He chose to give birth through the word of truth that we, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all that he created. God, would you come as we read your word? Would you come and speak to our hearts? We want to be transformed today. We're not interested in going through the motions. We're not interested in, in just hearing some, some message that, that I've thought of today. God, we want you to speak. So we invite you to come, move among us, transform us, help us to see clearly and understand who you are today, God, even in the midst of trials. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you. Thank you today. Uh, if, if there is a question that James 1, 17 and 18 asks, if there's a question that these two verses ask, the question is this, God, who are you? God, who are you? In the midst of the trials that James is, is writing, in the midst of people that are facing incredible difficult days, the question that 17 and 18 asks is, God, who are you? Not, God, where are you? That's the question I go to often in my trials. God, where are you at? <laughs> are you, do you see me here? Not, not just at a step beyond that. Not just where are you, God, but God, who are you? Even in the midst of my trial. Because we have doubts. And the doubts cause us often to ask that question, who are you? Have you been there? Have you been there? Because I have. I've been there. I've been there through difficult days where I, I doubted who God is. God, I feel afraid. God, I feel anxious. God, I feel confused. And that's why I believe James is, this is really the end of the introduction. And that's why he's leading us here. Because I believe believers in the midst of their trials are starting to struggle with who God is. Who is God? In the midst of all the difficult, I'm seeing a lot of hard things. I'm experiencing really hard days. So who is God in the midst of that. And that's why uh, verses 13 through 16, again, he shares who he's not. He's not the tempter, right? In the midst of your trial, God's not the one tempting you. He's not the deceiver. My, my dad often says, uh, even today, he says, God is not a God of confusion. That's not who God is. And in the trial, we have to be reminded sometimes of, of who God is not. And so we can get to 17 and 18, who God is. And so as we dive in a little bit deeper to 17 and 18 today, I really want to look at it in two parts. Two parts to understand who is God, even in the midst of our trial, who is God? Today, if you're in a trial, if you're experiencing an incredible storm right now, I, I want you to be able to lean in to these two verses and understand clearly who God is, even now in the midst of your storm. So, so two parts. First part is this. James wants us to know that the God is the giver. The giver. There's a lot that James says here about who God is. He says that, God, you are father. You are good father. You are constant. You are steady. You are faithful. But he really sets it all within this framework, all within this framework of God as the God who gives. God is a generous 
God. God, who are you? James is saying you are the one who gives. You give good gifts. You give perfect gifts. Every good and perfect gift in my life. Of all the things James could say about who God is in the midst of our trial, he says this. He's the God who gives. He gives good gifts. Every good and perfect gift in your life, that's from him. What's the best gift you've ever been given? Now, my wife is not in this service. If, if and when she is, I'll say, my children, but I'm going to say today, the best gift I've ever been given is my Nintendo Entertainment System, okay? At the risk of, of sounding really shallow. But come on, like I, some of you are like, wait a second. Yes, I am old enough to have had an original Nintendo Entertainment System. And some of you are like, Yes, I am that old that I really had as a Nintendo. But I did. I loved my Nintendo. If you don't know what that is, they had these like cartridges that you had, to, you had to blow on them sometimes. I don't know if that was like an original feature or if that just happened over the... But you had to blow on them and you had to stick it in there just right. And you got to play Tecmo, Super Bowl, Super Mario, Excite Bike, Duck Hunt. Where you had a little gun and you're shooting ducks. And I was like, uh, it's the only hunting I've ever done in my life is Duck Hunt, right? And I loved my Nintendo Entertainment System. But whatever that is for you, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's way more, way more spiritual, way more um, sentimental than a stupid video game system. But whatever it is for you, whatever the best gift is, pales in comparison to even the worst gift that God could possibly give. Why? James says, because every good and every perfect gift we experience, that's from God. It's from him. He's the source. What are, what are some good and perfect gifts today in your life? Isn't it interesting in seasons of trial? That's what, that's what the past two years have felt like for me. A season, seasons of trial, seasons of storms, storm after storm happening in me and around me. But isn't it interesting that, that times of trial bring incredible clarity about the gifts in our lives? I was thinking about this. In recent months, I know I just said that my kids weren't the greatest gift I've ever received. That's not true. They are. But in recent months, I, I actually have come to appreciate my family more. I remember last Christmas where, um, because of COVID and just concerns with, I, I just, we couldn't be with a lot of the family we would normally be with. And I remember being there with my family, you know, my, our, our crew of six. And I was thinking about people that day. I was just burdened for people that were alone that day. And I reached out to some, but I just remember my heart breaking for that, but then also feeling this overwhelming gratitude as much as my, you know, as much as my kids could drive me bonkers and they would pick, I just felt this overwhelming gratitude for the people around the table. They're a gift. They're a gift. You know what, I've, I've come to appreciate in this season more than ever community. Now, I, I like people, but, but sometimes I, I need space and I need distance and I like you, you know, a little bit over there. And I, but I've come to appreciate in these days like godly men who show up in my life and encourage me and check in on me. I've come to appreciate, this is crazy, I've come to appreciate my health. Literally, the next breath I take feels like a gift more than ever in my life. Gathering like, like this, like a moment like this. It's October 10th, right? Just another Sunday. But, but this is a gift to me. God's word. Uh, we've been going through the book of James, and I got to tell you, I don't, I'm not just saying this because I'm the one up here. Like, like, as I've been journeying through this, these words have become like a gift to me. It's incredible that in seasons of, of trial and difficulty and even a storm, sometimes, sometimes you have a greater appreciation for, for the real gifts 
in your life. And it's God. He's the source of these gifts and so many more. We can't even count them, right? It's him. He gives and he gives and he gives. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, uh, they, they had this way of, of talking about God, that God is, is Jehovah. And literally, if you study the Hebrew text, they didn't even know how to write the name of God. It was, it was that reverent and that holy. But, but throughout the Old Testament, you'll see in the Hebrew language, every now and then they'll talk about God, but they don't want to just use that kind of general name God. They, they want to use a description. They want to use, it's kind of like they're not giving God a second name, but they're kind of giving him a, a second description. And there's this one term that's used throughout the Old Testament. I love it. It's Jehovah, which means God, but, but then Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. And it literally means, in the Hebrew, it means the God who provides. It's not just that he's God. He's, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's God who provides. Why, it, what are they doing in that moment? They're recognizing what James is saying here. He's the God who gives. He, he, to know him, to know him. God, who are you? You're the God. You're Jehovah Jireh. You give and you give and you give. You give good gifts. Every good and perfect gift today in my life. I, I, I can think of some imperfect gifts. I can think of some things in my life. I, I can think of some fruitcakes in my life. Not my kids. They're not fruitcakes. You know what I'm saying? I can think of some gifts I don't love in my life. But, but every good and perfect gift in my life, that's, that's from him. He's Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Jesus himself. Remember, James, we're reading James. James is the, is the half-brother of Jesus. He was an eyewitness to, to, to the ministry and the life and the personal life of Jesus. He smelled his body odor probably. Can you imagine, right? This is the guy who's writing. So often when James writes, he's writing through the lens of Jesus. And what did Jesus say about this father who gives good gifts? He, he said this in Matthew 7. I have it on the screen. Which of you, this is Jesus teaching. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake. Now, I don't, that's a, like a sick sense of humor there. So if you're like a dad and that resonates with you, shame on you, right? I don't know who does that. Like, oh, you're hungry? There's a rock, son. <laughs> right? I don't know. Some weird example Jesus gives. I'm like, who's he who does that? Right? It's this outlandish example. Something so obvious. Nobody would do that. <laughs> then he says in verse 11, so if then you, you who are evil, you who are, who are sinful, you are, who are not on your own, you're, you're not holy, and, and you're not good, and you're not just, and you're not God, right? So if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, who is good, who is holy, how much more will he give good gifts to those who ask him? That's what, that's what Jesus is saying. He, he's saying, let me tell you about Jehovah Jireh. Let me tell you about the God who gives and gives and gives. Look, look, look you, you, father, moms, you, you want to give good gifts to your kids, right? So just imagine God in his infinite goodness, in his holiness, how much more he desires to give good gifts. Good gifts. James, in the midst of the trial, people are, are resonating with this. Like, God, who are you? Are, are you tempting me? Are, are, are you confusing me? James is saying, no, 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 that's not who God is. Let me tell you who he is. He's, he's the giver. 
the giver of every good and perfect gift. And he gives, and he gives, and he gives. And if you step back and you start to count your blessings, you, there's too many, and he's going to keep giving, and he's going to keep giving, and tomorrow he's going to give, and the next day he's going to give, and every breath in your lungs as your heart beats, he's going to keep giving because that's who God is. He's the giver. Next. Next, who are you, God, the giver, which leads us to the second part examining and understanding the gift, the gift. See, there's this beautiful moment in in Matthew 7 that we just read about because Jesus is talking about the God who gives good gifts to his kids. But but we, we know something about Jesus that maybe those that were listening in Matthew 7 don't. See, we know that Jesus didn't just come to show up to teach some lessons and and, and have some quotes that could be tweeted out to everybody. Ooh, that's good, right? No, Jesus came to, to live and lay down his life for the sins of all mankind. Jesus knew the cross was coming for him. And so while Jesus is talking about the God who gives good gifts, Jesus himself is the embodiment of the gift. The gift. Like, I don't know, a second ago, as you're thinking about all of the good gifts in your life, and and I hope you have a lot. I hope you'll take time today. If you're in a trial and you're in a season, I hope you'll take some time to say, I gotta, I gotta step back and I've gotta remember my blessings. I've gotta stop and I've gotta, I've got to count my blessings, right? I hope you'll do that. But the truth is, no matter how long that list is, no matter how great that list is, there is one gift who is far greater than any other good and perfect gift in your life, and that's the gift of Jesus. This beautiful moment is happening in Matthew 7 where Jesus, Jesus is the gift and he's declaring the generosity of God. The gift is telling us about the generous God who gives. The one who said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me is proclaiming the goodness of God. Do you you get that? Do you see that? James is is talking about all gifts. Absolutely. James 1.17, all good gifts in our lives. But In particular, he's talking about the gift. The gift. That is what has transformed their lives. The life, the ministry, the death and resurrection of Jesus. That is what's, what's, that's the impetus for for all the trials and, and this movement of God through his people. That's what James is talking about here. Not just the beautiful sunset and not just the breath in your lungs and not just the, he's talking about the gift given, the greatest gift you'll ever need. Look again, it says this, it says this in 18. uh, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. Who is the gift? Who is the word of truth? That's, That's Jesus, right? That's Jesus, the one that they saw crucified, the one that they saw rise again from the dead and ascend back into heaven. And now the church, the spirit of God is unleashed as God is moving throughout his people because of this gift. I was thinking about this. If, if God didn't do anything else for us, if we never receive any other gift or any other blessing, God has already, he's already given us Jesus. Think about that today. And I know, I know today there's some needs represented here. I know some of us have some desperate prayers. I know we're crying out, Lord, I I need you. God, I need you to show up. God, I need you to, to meet this need. I understand that. And God hears your prayer. But just think about all of the things that God has already done for us. But then just think about 
Jesus. He's already given us the gift. Jesus. Jesus, the greatest gift, the only gift you'll ever need, has already been given to you. Think about it. We, we were separated from God. We were hopeless. Talk about, we think the storms we're experiencing now are hard. Talk about, talk about eternal separation from God. Talk about no matter how hard we try, we could never close that gap between a holy God and, and us, imperfect and sinful. Right, right? But, but God, in his love, in his grace, gave us a gift. It's a free gift we couldn't earn. We, we can't pay back. It's a gift. Certainly not deserved. See, we often make love and grace a, a transaction. Like, well, because you did that, you gave me a fruitcake, so now I've got to give you a crappy gift. Whatever that is, that's not this gift. It was freely given. Gift that we could not earn. We could never repay. You cannot earn this gift. Can I, can I bring this into focus for us today and, and provide maybe a, a simple moment of application? I want you to think about, about this statement here on the screen, that there is no trial today. There is no trial that is too great for his gift. And I don't, I don't say that lightly. I don't say that flippantly because I, I don't pretend to know all of the trials today represented in this room. I know there's a lot. I know there's a lot. But our tendency in the storm, I, I thought about Peter. I thought about Peter who, who literally walked on water. Like that happened. That's crazy. And as he's doing that, he's doing the impossible. He's walking on the water. He's coming to Jesus. Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come out and I'll walk. And he does. And so Peter's walking on the water, but, but something happens. He gets his eyes, instead of keeping his eyes fixed on Jesus, who God is, right? He starts to see the storm. He starts to see the wind and the waves or the evidence of the wind, right, and the waves. And I resonate a lot with that in the midst of the storms of my life. I get a little bit too focused. I get a little bit too overwhelmed by what's going on around me. What, what's, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with them? What's, uh, what I don't have enough of, what I desperately need? I, I get busy. My, my prayers of desperation in the midst of the storm are so focused on the wind and the waves. But what if, what if this is true today for you and me? What if in the midst of the storm, you already have everything you need? Listen to me. Listen. Because this is, this is painful for some of us today that are desperate. We're crying out, Lord, give me, Lord, help me, Lord, save me. And, and he's a good God. He gives good gifts to his children. But what if today he's already given you everything you need for the storm that you're facing right now? What if, what if the trial that you're in right now is not too great for his gift? Let me, let me get specific. Here, here are some of the trials that, that I know about represented here among us today. I, I know that there are people here who, who aren't well physically and there's no solution. There's, no, there, there's nothing that, that you know of, that we know of yet to solve the problems that you're facing. I know there are some here today struggling with anxiety and, and they hope others don't know because they'll see them as weak. Or, or 
not spiritual enough. There are people here today, they're in a relationship they think is dying. There are people here today who, who love others that are in incredible pain, whether physical pain, emotional pain, relational pain. There, there are people here today who are so lonely, so lonely. Today, if you're in a storm, if you're in a storm, he has all you need. He is. He is all you need. He is the gift. The gift. But when we get in the trial, we, we see the wind and the waves and we and we think, we think, oh God, who are you? Why are you tempting me? Why, why are you, why aren't you showing up? Where, where are you, God? Who are you, God, in the midst of our trial? But but in in the midst of the storm that we face, James wants us to know clearly who God is. He is the giver, the giver of every good and perfect gift. And he gives and he gives and he gives. To know him is to know a God who is generous. And, and he's already given us everything that we need through Jesus. In this moment right now, he's already given us everything that we need through Jesus. He's already saved you from the threat of, of eternal death and hell. He, he's already given. He's not done giving. He's not done providing. His provision is not a past tense event for you. Right now, where you stand, he's given you everything that you need. In just a minute, we're, we're going to spend a few moments praying and reflecting on Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, the God who shows up for us, who who has already given us and continues to give us everything that we need. But I want you to think today. I want you to think today, what is it that you need from God right now? Be as specific as you can, because I, I don't know where you're at today. And I'm not gonna ask you to write it down or shout it out, but I am gonna ask you to, this morning to identify what is it right now that you need from God in the midst of the trial of the storm that you're facing? And if you don't know, we're, we're going to pray in a minute. And I pray in just a few minutes that the Lord will reveal that to you. What is it that you need from him? But for others today, maybe you know. Maybe you know exactly what it is that you need from God. And I'm going to pray here in just a few minutes. As we quiet our hearts, as we still our souls, as we get quiet before the Lord and still before him, I'm going to pray that you'll trust God. He's the giver. He's the giver. And he's already given you everything that you need right now in this moment. So would you, would you bow your heads? Would you quiet your hearts this morning as we spend a few minutes reflecting on who God is? Jehovah Jireh. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for the latest updates and new episodes.